0: I'll help you. My mic? Oh, mic. All right, leave it there.
1: He counts the stars one and all. He knows how much sand is on the shore. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas. He's in control of everything of all the creatures great and small he He knows my name every step that i take every move that i make every cheer that i cry he knows knows my my name name. when i'm overwhelmed by by the pain pain. can't can't see see the light of day. day i'll be just fine because he knows my name i don't know what tomorrow will bring i can't tell you what's in store i don't know a lot of things i don't have all the answers to the questions of life But I know in who I have believed. He knows my name. Every step that I take. Every move that I make. Every tear that I cry. He knows my name. When I'm overwhelmed by the pain, can't see the light of day. I know I'll just fine, cause he knows my name. He knew who I was when he carried my cross. He knew that I would fail him, but he took the law. cry, he knows my name, when I'm overwhelmed by the pain, can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine, cause he knows my name, every move that I make, every tear that I cry, God, because He knows my name. Every step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry.
0: Amen. Amen. Give my wife a big round of applause, boy. She sure makes me look good. Amen. Guys, there is a need in our church, and a need is for some people to step up and help us keep it clean. Mike, I need to come up loud. Uh, I don't have much of a voice, so turn me up and uh, turn up my monitors, and that'll be good about right there. Uh, Well, that's way too loud, maybe. Uh, Just checking. Pay attention, cowboy. Uh, I need some people to sign up tonight. And let's take responsibility of taking care of our church. Brother Tommy, stand with me tonight. Stand, Brother Tommy. Uh, Brother Tommy's been in charge of our housekeeping. And we started with a good crowd of women and men to help us clean. Now we're down to one person who, Miss Ellen, is very faithful coming and cleaning our church on Saturday. But she needs help, guys. So tonight, we're going to ask you to sign up. And it'll be for one Saturday a month. And we can all share that responsibility. We're going to make a calendar, and we're not going to ask you what your dates are available. We're just going to see if you can work that Saturday. We'll put three or four of you together. It'll take one or two hours to come, and let's keep God's house together and clean. So, Brother Tommy, uh, we'll sign you up if you care to help us this year. Amen. Please help us keep God's house clean. Amen. I'm not above scraping toilets or cleaning toilets or changing toilet paper, and uh, Dave does a good job trying to stay on top of it during the week, but it's just that final touch before Sunday morning that the anointing of the Lord falls because we care about his place. We pick up cigarette butts. Don't ever throw a cigarette butt down on God's property. There's places for those. We pick up trash. Don't ever walk by a piece of trash and let somebody else pick it up. Show God you love his place. I wish somebody grabbed that tonight, amen? I want you to open your Bibles, if you brought one, to, to, to Genesis 4. In Genesis, the beginning of the book, we find the first fight in the first family between the first two brothers. We find our first example of a dysfunctional family. You can hardly never turn the television on these days without seeing some kind of dysfunctional reality show most of the time you're watching them let's be honest let's be honest tonight most of the time they're 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 being watched by christian people with christian kids in the living room with them and these dysfunctional shows is anybody with me tonight do y'all see them or, 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 or are we are we the only ones seeing them on tv You cannot hardly turn the television on without something. I I used to like CMT. There'd be good shows on there. Now it's just Rednecks Gone Wild and Slumber Party. Everybody's invited and all kinds of stuff. And and then you go to MTV. And it's not just MTV. It's regular channels too. (coughs) Everything's gone reality. And the reality is they're teaching you and your children that dysfunctional families are the way to go. Oh, yeah, everybody's drinking, so your kids will be able to drink. Everybody's doing drugs. Everybody's hoarding, not taking care of their houses anymore. God give you a place to live. God gave you a family. God gave you a husband. God gave you a wife. I'm going to tell you something right now. It's not for dysfunction. It's for function and function in the way that he wants you to function. You can't hardly turn on a talk show today without hearing people given justification for their abnormal or sinful behaviors. I'm a guy who came from a dysfunctional family. My family was so dysfunctional. There was never no Lord in my house. There was never no Jesus in my house. I don't remember even having a picture of Jesus or a cross in my house. In my grandparents' place, there was a big Lord's Supper there. And Grandma always, always, broke bread, gave thanks, granddad was always in church. But somewhere along the way, my mama and my dad didn't get it. Or they got so much Jesus that that they thought, well, that was just too much Jesus. You can never have too much Jesus. Somebody grab that tonight. Why do we go to church every time the doors are open? Because we need to function the way that God wants us to function, and we're not going to hear about it until we get in the Word and learn about it. And, you know, it's great that we're going to put this on, on video and we're going to put it on live so that you guys can get some of this tonight. Because I'm going to tell you something. I came from a dysfunctional family where I walk around on tippy toes. I walked around on pins and needles because if I didn't do something that they liked, they beat the hell out of me. If I didn't do something they liked, I was just a piece of trash. If I didn't do something that they like, I was just no count spit on. I remember one time, my daddy, I made my mom and dad mad at one another, and he was wearing cowboy boots, and he wanted to kick the crap out of me. And I said, you're not going to kick the crap out of me with those cowboy boots. He said, I sure ain't. He wouldn't put his steel-toed boots on. I come from a dysfunctional family. I didn't want that for Justin. I didn't want that for Dalton. You ain't never hear me tonight. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. Somehow, you got to change. Somehow, you got to say, you know what? I got to get back to right. I got to get back to the way God wants my family. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. Maybe maybe this, I don't know. I hope you get this tonight. The world and everything that's being shown to us today, everybody thinks that's good. They make excuses for their lame way of living. The reason the words ring true to us is because we have found that God wants us to live another way. Every family has an element of dysfunction in it. We all have descendants. We all are descendants from Adam and Eve. How many people understand that tonight? You got the same blood flowing through your body as I got flowing through my body. All different colored people, we all came from the first sets of parents, Adam and Eve. And tonight we hear from the first dysfunctional family, and it's found in Genesis 4, verse 8. Later, Cain suggested to his brother Abel, Let's go out into the field. And while they were together there, Cain attacked and killed his brother. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain retorted. Am I supposed to keep track of him wherever he goes? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out from the ground. You are hereby banished from the grounds. You have defiled with your brother's blood. No longer will it yield abundant crops for you. No matter how hard you work eat from now on, You will be homeless, fugitive on this earth, constantly wandering from place to place. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You you have made me a wandering fugitive. All who who see me will try to kill me. The Lord replied this. Now listen, they will not kill you, for I will kill you. Give seven times your punishment to anyone who does. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn everybody who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Then Cain's wife became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and they named him Enoch. When Cain found a city, he named the city Enoch after his son. I can tell you right now, he was marked. How many families have we seen marked? Uh, y'all listening tonight? Is anybody listening tonight? How many families have we seen mar- marked? If you look, watch this, pay attention. Right now, you'll see moms and dads who, who are out there in the world and they're smoking weed and they're doing drugs and, they're, and, 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 and it's okay because they're just drinking beer and they're just drinking whiskey and they're just smoking dope, all those things, everybody's doing it. Well, guess what? When your son or your daughter turns 15 or 16 years old, she's going to say that's okay because they're doing it. And you're just marking them. You're just marking them for dysfunction. You're just marking them for whatever that the devil wants for them we got to stop this. we got to stop this. Who can stop it? You and I can stop it by crying out to God to help us. My first brother-in-law, my first brother-in-law, because my sister had been married four or five times, dysfunctional family I come from, i tell you the truth. She been married four or five times, but my, my first brother-in-law was a bull rider. His name was Ron, and Ron, I looked up to Ron because he was a bull rider, and he could ride bulls like nobody else, and he could fight like a dog man, and I mean, he was just a good old cowboy guy. But I remember I lost a lot of respect for Ron. Ron would come around my dad's house, and he'd ask my dad for diaper money. Or he'd ask my dad for for grocery monies or for for money for Simulac and, and Pampers and baby wipes. But he'd always have a beer in his hand. I said to myself, why are we giving to this man who's taking what you're giving and abusing it? His son is 20 years old. He's been locked up four times for DWIs and 20 years old. Four times. He's looking at five years in the penitentiary because his daddy marked him. Because his daddy marked him. You and I got to change. Our our, our, our babies, our children, they're, they're, they're we're responsible for them. Somebody hear me tonight. Adam and Eve became the parents in the first dysfunctional family. They gave birth to a dysfunctional son, Cain. Murder and mayhem broke out amongst the first two brothers. The same murdering spirit exists in this world today. How many people turn on the TV, and if you're not watching some reality show gone wrong, it's a murder. It's somebody dying. It's somebody getting burglarized. It's some woman getting raped. It's some kid getting molested by some... Man, listen to me. Dysfunctional families start with people who could care less about a relationship with the lord i believe that with all my heart when cain sought out to do what he was going to do to abel he didn't care about the lord he was jealous he was he was he was angry and he didn't care about the results and you know what happens when you don't care about the results you'll wind up just like cain marked for the rest of your life somebody ought to hear me tonight you know i was thinking about this listen The same murdering spirit exists in our world today. We seem perfectly oblivious to the fact that we are all brothers and that we all have the same blood flowing through our veins, we ourselves uh, fall into the same competitive nature that Cain had, and the same jealous spirit that Cain had, and the same anger spirit that Cain had. And and Cain was the first to manifest this. And it was passed down generation after generation after generation to us. Touch three people and say to us, because you look asleep. I'll never feed you spaghetti before church again if y'all don't come on with me. That same jealous, murdering spirit was passed down for generations and generations to us in the world we live in. Listen to this. People sometimes have a get them 1st attitude. How many used to have that attitude before Christ? I'm going to get you before you get me. When I was a kid, they called me up and say, I'm looking for you. You ain't got to look for me very long because I'm looking for you now. That was just the way I was. I had to get you. You done something to me, I'm going to get you back. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. That's not the Lord's way. The Lord's way is turn the other cheek. It's so It's so easy for us Christians to not be any different than the world. Neither are families. I would be ashamed. I'd be so ashamed if I wasn't growing in Christ tonight. God has called us to grow up in 2015. And if you're in charge of children, if you're in charge of your own life, and if you believe in Jesus with all your heart, you've got to stop your own dysfunctional self from destroying somebody else's life. People sometimes have a get them 1st a killing spirit, while at the same time they they give an appearance of being sweet and nice and, and they got it all together. No, listen to me. God will bring your sin to light. If you're in this church tonight and you're smoking weed, God's going to bring it up. You're in this church tonight and you're running around on your wife, God will bring it up. If you're in this church tonight and you're cheating on your taxes, God will bring it up. If you're in here tonight and you got something going on and you're trying to hide from God, he will bring it to the light every time because he wants to expose the dark side of you so he can fix it. You must, you listen to me, people sometimes had to get them first, killing spirit, while at the same time they appear to be sweet, kind, and gentle. Some of the meanest people i ever met in my life, I met them in church. Some of the most vindictive, sorriest people I've ever met in my life, I met them in church. Back home in my church and in this church right here. They stand up and they say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And as soon as you out of their presence, they are just like Cain, trying to stab you in the back. Trying to kill you. Trying to destroy you. Y'all sit there and shake your heads. You know it's true. You know it's true. It's happening in every church is everywhere. Every church. Why? Because it's that same vindictive spirit that's been lingering around. Marked generation after generation after generation. Do you want to see your kids marked that way? Thank God for this message tonight. If I'm the only one that's supposed to receive it, I thank God for it tonight. But I pray I'm not the only one that's supposed to receive it tonight. You see, you must... Face the reality every day that some of your problems stem from the fact that there is somebody who doesn't like your success. There's a war going on right now from someone who's jealous of your relationship with the Lord, and his name is Satan. And he has one motive to seek, kill, and destroy you and your family, to mark you. How many of have ever heard of the mark of the beast? He's got one. <laughs> Cain got marked. Are you getting this tonight? I just put two and two together. One plus one makes two. Cain got marked, and who's trying to mark us now? Satan. He's trying to mark us. He's trying to mark your children. In this time that we're living in, it's getting close. If you don't believe in revival, start believing in it because God's word will never go out null and void and it's going out now all over the world, TV, media, everywhere. Listen to me. You must face the reality every day. Some of your problems stem from the fact that there is somebody who doesn't like you to succeed, somebody who wants to kill everything that you possess that's good. It's a wonder that the skirmishes we face in our daily battles of our personal life come from a root of jealousy. Your attitude today should be that we totally are going to give our lives to the Lord. You know, everything is about a choice. Who believes that? Mistakes don't happen. Oh, we might have a mistake, a little car accident. Might have a mistake and spill our drink. But when it comes to sin, it's making a choice. How many hear me tonight? When it comes to sin, it's making a choice. I was talking to my friend who's a great Christian counselor. And I said, Miss Shannon, can you help me to help this brother who's fallen? And she said, yes. I I said Shannon I said what would you have me what what do you think I should say because you way smarter than me God has really gifted her to help me too and man she's been an asset to me I can call her up about anything and anytime I got a problem and she'll give me the best advice she said brother Mark go back and tell him he's not making mistakes he's making poor choices He's making poor choices. Mistakes, that's when we spill something. Mistakes, that's when we forget to put gas in our car. Mistakes, that's whenever we forget to tie our shoes in the morning before we leave the house. A choice is what god gives us he gives us a choice to live for him or not to live for him a choice to drink or not to drink a choice to drug or not to drug a choice to love our families and respect our families and honor him that's a choice that we must make as a church tonight together unified one body of believers that will not allow the dysfunction of satan to run wild in our families i would never put my kid in a dysfunctional situation If I can help it with everything inside of me, I've been in dysfunction. I never put my kids, even when I was in the world, we never drank at home. I drank when I went out. Why? Because I knew me, and I get dysfunctional when I get to drinking. And I thought, man, what if something happened to my kid? I never forgive myself. Some of you here tonight have allowed things to happen in your life, and you're sorry for them now, but you can't take it back. All you can do is grow and go from this moment forward. Some of you don't have your kids anymore. Some of you, I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not trying to belittle you. But it was because of dysfunction that you were in charge of. Am I lying? Somebody tell me if I'm lying. There are people on the streets right now homeless because of choices that they made. Nobody put them there. Dysfunction put them there. There are people right now hooked on the bottle, hooked on alcohol, hooked on things because of dysfunctional things that they have allowed themselves to get into. And let me tell you, the only way, listen, watch this, pay attention. The only way you can get this solved is to get right with God and say, God, I don't want this no more. That's not the husband I want to be. That's not the mom I want to be. That's not the granddad I want to be. That's not the person I want to be, Lord help me get this dysfunction out of my life let me tell you something about me and i'm gonna just be honest with you tonight i have scars some physical but mostly mental and i lose it and sometimes i lash out on my son or my daughter i don't have a daughter thank the lord (laughs) i don't know where that came from and i have to (laughs) But it happens so fast. Anybody gets that? It, you, got, you got emotional scars. You got, you got, and it happens like that. You're walking the walk. You're talking the talk. You're giving your time, your talent, and your treasures. And all of a sudden, a scar, a mark, something that happened will spark an anger, a jealousy, something deep down inside, and you can't hold it back. Come on, somebody. Anybody? I guess I'm just sitting in the perfect church with perfect people. You know, the thing is, when we commit that sin, we need to confess that sin. Come on, somebody. When we commit that sin, we need to confess that sin and say, God, I need help because I'm pretty dysfunctional. God, I need help because I'm not perfect. I had a guy tell me the other day that once you get saved, once you get baptized, you never sin again. On what planet? Not this one. There's dysfunctional families. There's divorce taking place right now. There are kids right now that are having sex at 11, 12, 13 years old. They're pregnant. And this hadn't just started happening. Come on, somebody. This didn't hadn't start. I-, I went to school in the 80s, and there was a girl in the sixth grade that was pregnant. So it's been going on. It's been a curse. It's been a mark. And the only one that can switch it is you making better choices. Who believes that? Who believes that? Somebody give God a praise if you believe that tonight. Somebody give God a praise if you believe that tonight. Listen to me. So when you come to this choice, how much time I got? Oh, a long time. When you come to this choice, Your attitude today is something that is totally under your control. When I told Shannon about the situation that was going on with my friend, she said, you go back and tell him he's in control and he's making poor choices. Maybe somebody needs to look you in the eye tonight and say, you're in control and you're making poor choices. You've been in control long enough. Why don't you let God be in control for a while? You've been driving this life of yours, and you're driving it straight to hell in a handbag. Why don't you let Jesus take the wheel? You know, I was thinking about it. Listen, your attitude today is something that is totally under your control. You choose. You choose whether you will be prejudged, angry, hateful, bitter, resentful. It's in your power to make a decision about what you think and how you will act. The other day I was preaching on Sunday morning and I told you guys that I had kind of got in a little road rage accident. <laughs> I had lost my cool. I was, I, 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 somehow what that man done to me just got under my skin. And I had lost it again because I've been marked from the first family. Y'all didn't get any of this tonight, did you? We've all been marked. We come from dysfunctional families. So I so I lost it, and, and Mary's trying to calm me down, and she's not doing, having any luck at it. But I finally got myself under control and just let the situation go. And I thought everything was good. I come and I preached about it because I'm an everyday preacher with every life that I, I'm telling you. If I can do it, you can do it. Touch three people, say if I can do it, you can do it. Touch three people, say if I, if, if I can quit cussing, you can quit cussing. Touch three people and say, if I quit lying, you can quit lying. (laughs) Touch three people and say, if I quit looking at pornography, you can quit looking at pornography. (laughs) Touch three people and say, I'm not laughing at you. Preachers telling the truth. If I can quit it, you can quit it. If I can overcome it with the help of Jesus Christ, you can overcome it with the help of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Lord, you're so good. You know, I lost myself there, but I'm going to find myself. Your attitude today should be totally under your control your choice are you going to get mad are you going to get hateful are you going to get bitter are you going to get angry so that day I made a poor choice I got angry I let my emotions take over I didn't care about anybody else but myself and getting self gratification I got myself under control because I've been walking with the Lord a long time can I say this with you don't come half the time come all the time don't give half your life to the Lord give all your life to the Lord because when you give all your life to the Lord you're going to have storms you're going to have hard days you're going to have people come against you but when you have a relationship with God you can get through so I got myself Matt under control and I thought everything was good and I I came to church and I preached about it and it was all good and right after church Miss Ellen and Nolan had to come and tell me I was behind you preacher the whole time I saw everything you did I looked like an idiot, didn't I? I'm not saying nothing. Ellen was following me. She, she called Nolan on the phone and said, You ain't going to believe what your preacher doing. He said, Just pray for him. Just pray for him. Just pray for him. <laughs> the prayer of a righteous person helps somebody like me. <laughs> I had to make a choice to do something. I had to make a choice. To get myself under control. When the dope man comes and knocks on your door. You have to make a choice. Is it going to be dope or is it going to be my kids? Is it going to be dope or is it going to be my life? Is it going to be drugs? Is it going to be alcohol? Is it going to be murder? Or is it going to be Jesus? So I was thinking about some things that. Don't blame your actions and your dysfunction on Coming from a dysfunctional family. So when I sat down and I started trying to blame things, God said, quit trying to blame your dysfunctional family. You have a choice to make. Does anybody grab that tonight? You can't blame your mom. You can't blame your dad. You got to take responsibility for yourself. The problem with this world today is nobody takes responsibility for their own dysfunctional family. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. I had something really good, but I'm going to pass. I had a lady the other day. I can't pass. It's just too good. She came and she saw me and we were talking and and she said, you know, pastor, when I was in my 20s and I got this tattoo, it looked really good, but I didn't think about the consequences when I'm 65. I said, I ain't even want to talk about this anymore, (laughs) ma'am. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. We make decisions. We make, listen, we make decisions, watch, about right now, but we don't think about long term. We think about decisions right now, but we don't think about the after, the after, the time, the period when we get our lives right, how scarred we are, how marked we are. When I went to the doctor this week, she said, I think you're getting the early stages of maybe asthma or COPD. You see, I smoked 20 years, but I didn't think when I was smoking that it was going to hurt me. I've been smoke free for 10 years, but now I'm paying for it. On the opposite, I've been drug-free, smoke-free, cigarette-free, going to church every Sunday when the doors are open, and I'm paying for it, and my boys are following in my footsteps. So even, somebody grab that, man. Somebody grab that. Once you begin to change, you may still have to pay for it. You may still lose it. You may still have hard days. But when you're in a relationship with God, he's first in your life. He can get you through anything. So as a dysfunctional family I come from, listen, don't blame your actions on your dysfunctional families, what the Lord told me. Base your actions on your attitude born from functional faith. The grace of the Lord was exceedingly and abundant with faith and love. First Timothy one four says, "The grace of the Lord was exceedingly abundant in faith and love." Rather to have Him give you the attitude that you're going to live for Him and have a family that functions in love. Such an attitude will be far more beneficial to you, not only now, what. But in the long term, Spencer, when you make your mind up that you're going to do it right now and then you stay on that path in the long term, years from now, you're going to say, yes, I'm scarred. Yes, I'm marked. Yes, I was dysfunctional at a time, but now I'm good. Now my life is good. And God is the one who did it. God is the one who wants to put the function back in the dysfunctional family. And I'm going to believe it starts with these few things. i I got a little time. Just give me just a couple more minutes. Listen, I think if you want to have in anything, Holly, you understand me. It starts with having respect. How I many hear me tonight. If you want to have a family that functions the way the Lord has, has intended for it. Because God gave us everything in the garden. He gave Adam and Eve everything. said, you can have whatever you want, man. Just don't touch And then they lost respect for what he told them. You can have a family unit that is serving God when there's a lot of respect in it. Touch three people and say, we need respect in our family. Respect is the holy grail of functional families. All people in the family, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, parents, and kids must be respectful in all situations at all times. You can be mad at me, but you still need to respect me. You can disagree with me, but you still need to respect me. I can disagree with you and not condone your lifestyle, but I'm still going to have the utmost respect for you. Why? Because it's called love. And when you love your brothers and sisters, then you learn to respect one another. And when you love your spouse and when you love your children, you respect them. You respect. You're not going to get nowhere cussing me out. I'm going to tell you that right now. You might get a fat lip. That'd be about the only thing you get, cussing me out. But if you come to me with respect, I'm going to give you that same respect. Is anybody on my page tonight? And I'm not talking from the preacher's hat. I'm talking for life. For life. you want, you got to give what you want. So if the boss ain't giving you what you want, you go talk to him with respect. If the husband's not giving you what you want, you go talk to him with respect. So if the children are not giving you what you want, go talk to them with respect because they deserve it too. (laughs) Is anybody getting any of this, man? It's good stuff. I worked hard on this, man. Respect. I think too much emphasis is put on this generation to not respect one another. I've heard of many things happening within the families where there's no respect. But I believe, above all things, that God, to get a functional family going today, it's a matter of R-S-P-E-C-T. I think another thing, listen, to have a good family, a functional family today. Dads, I want to talk to you for one minute. Is there any dads or husbands in the house? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if I can see you. Claim it then. Claim it. I want to talk to you for just a minute. This may apply to some that are mom and dad. So listen, I got some single folks that are moms and dads in here tonight. This could apply to you. Listen to me. For a functional family, you have to create an emotional safe environment for your family. How many people know that your wife wants to feel safe? She wants to know she's got a roof over her head. She wants to know that if the big bad wolf comes knocking on the door, you're going to take and get your butt up and go answer the door and not ask her to go answer the door. Man, Lord help me. Here we go. I have a friend back home. His name is Tyler. Tyler is about 97 pounds, soaking wet. I mean, his arm, I mean, his leg is about as big around as my arm. And this guy is the nicest, sweetest, kindest person. He's 5'4", and he weighs 97 pounds. He has a mustache and a goatee that is almost as big as him. I told him one time, I said, I think you've been growing that since the third grade. I've known him almost all my life. And his wife is six foot one, Beautiful woman. They're a great team together. And to look at him, you say, boy, I know who wears the pants in that family. <laughs> but it's totally the opposite. What he lacks in physical stature, he has in mature stature what he lacks in in capabilities he has in knowledge and wisdom that god has given him and i'm gonna tell you he's a decision maker for his family he works so very hard to keep a roof over his family and people joke with him but let me tell you something i've seen that little man tear people head off i said boy you are just a squirrely thing ain't you one time i said what he said dynamite comes in small packages He had it in his heart. So neither matter if you're big or small, if you make your mind up for a functional family, you got to keep the woman safe. You got to keep the kids safe. That ain't mama's responsibility. That's daddy's responsibility. You'll never hear me say, you'll never hear me say, oh, if something happened to Mary, I wouldn't know what to pay. Uh, I know what I got, where I got it, where I'm going to put it. Why? Because it's my job. She helps me. She does all that. But I ask questions, where would that new blouse come from? No, not kidding. I'm going to leave that alone. It's going to be dysfunctional tonight. But I know, but I know. Men, you should know. You should take responsibility. If there's not enough money, you should know. If there's not enough groceries, you should know. If there's not enough gas in her car or air in her tires, you need to make her feel safe. Safe. You need to make your kids know at night you're walking the floors. You're pacing the hall. You're not smoking crack. You're on the job. You're watching the house. You don't fall asleep till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning because you're on the job. Making sure nobody comes in that house and harms your family. For a functioning family, it's the man's role to take the man's responsibility. God intended for us to be that way. I don't apologize for anything I say tonight all the members of my church family you can state your opinions your thoughts, your wants, your dreams, your desires whatever you feel about fear and being slammed but I'm going to tell you an emotional safe home makes her happy I didn't give that to her when I wasn't living with Christ we would have to move all the time because I wouldn't pay my bills we'd have to jump up and run in the middle of the night so they wouldn't get my car I don't have to do that anymore I thank God for that tonight. I thank God for that. It's not about my own doing. It's by me getting right with God and him helping me and showing me a different way. (laughs) I believe this too. For a functional, oh Lord. I'm just checking time because I don't want to blow y'all's mind tonight. But for a functioning family the way that God intended it for functioning. Watch this. If you're taking notes, you need accountability. You need accountability with one another. How how many were raised where you were accountable to your parents? They said, when the street light comes on, you come in. When, When you hear me whistle, you better have your behind at the dinner table. You better be moving. You better be moving. I better not catch you out there after dark. Why? Because they made us accountable for where we were at, what we did. My son, 20 years old, he's still accountable. You live under my roof, you accountable to me. Where are you being? Who you with? What you doing? What that girl say on Facebook? Daddy, you just mind your business, boy. You are my business. And it's even worse with Dalton cuz he's like a little engine that chick that little Where you going? I'm going to go over here. No you didn't. You went over here and here and here and there. Now park your truck and you can't drive it for a week. Whoa, we week. Because I'm holding you accountable, boy. If you say you're going over to Cody's house, then go over to Cody's house. If you're saying you're going over here, don't stop by your girlfriend's house and go take your boy Tyler to the football game. And then, man, who paid for your gas? Who paying for that insurance? Who loves you enough to want to know where you go? Because if somebody is laying in wait to get you. I want to know how I can get my hands on you to protect you, so you need to be accountable to me. Your kids need to be accountable to you. Husbands, you need to be accountable to your wives, and wives, you need to be a cup. I'm going to say this. You can disagree with me if you want to. You don't have to agree with me. I could care less. Your wife should never be texting other men on the phone that are not her husband. unless it's a true brother of Christ or a true sister of Christ, there's been some time there. There's been some respect there. There's been some integrity there. There's been a family relationship that that is now your brother and that is now your sister. I'm not lusting at them. I'm not looking at them with haughty eyes. I am in love with them because they are of my family tree. They're not something I want to mess with. You can maybe, maybe, say maybe, Maybe text those people. Talk. Brother Scott and me were having lunch the other day, and, and, or we were sitting on my back porch the other day, and we were talking about it. Even with church family, you have to be careful. He told his wife, he said, Mr. Gustin, don't you ever open this door when I ain't home, unless it's Brother Mark or Brother Vic or maybe a couple other men from the church, but not every man from the church, because not every man wants to do good to you. Not every woman wants to do good to you either. So don't get yourself in some texting game with somebody else. Don't get you because I'm gonna tell you something, that'll destroy your whole family. You can start out innocent and wind up dead. You can start up innocent and wind up losing your testimony. You can start out innocent and wind up losing your children. You can start out simple and it's cool. And she showed a little interest to in me. He showed a little interest to in me. Listen, you need to be accountable to your wife. You need to be accountable to your husband. If somebody texts you something inappropriate, you need to go right then and say, look, this is what this fool just put on my phone. This is what this lady just put on my phone. <clears throat> I had a lady come into this church she was a single mama it was early on in my ministry the first year we were here she belonged to an elder she belonged to that 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 family and, and they brought her here and then she had a son and she was going through a divorce and and she asked me to help her son because she, the son was seven or eight years old and the dad had abused him and he had no male figures to look up to so so she asked me to, if he could hang with us if he could hang with some other men in the church I thought what a great opportunity to be a man to this godly son right here of somebody else. What a great opportunity to be a big brother. uh, You know, show him some godly love. What a great opportunity. I called six or seven men into my office. Older men, younger men, men that like to fish, men that like to rodeo, men that like to golf. I said, this is Tyler, and this is Tyler's mom. And I said, will you guys help me to pray for Tyler, and can he tag along with you when you're fishing? Can he tag along with you when you're hunting? Can he tag along with you when you rodeo? man all the dads got excited everybody said yeah we'll help and I kind of told him his situation mom was in Iraq in a war and she was fighting for our country and dad was home and he got somebody else another woman and then Tyler was abused you know they made him eat dog poop they left him outside for days he was six or seven years old he was emotional wreck when he came to us. She was an emotional wreck when she came to us. We started helping them. The, me and Garrett would pick them up and other people would pick them up and Mr. Bob Russ would take them and we'd be up here working at the church and he'd be working with us and man we were having fun and Heather would be calling me on the phone. How's it going? It's going good man. Everything working good. One day I was in my office right here. I'll just tell you the truth. My wife knows this. One day I was in my office. It used to be around here. It was on a Saturday night at a bull riding. She came around my office under walked into my office and shut the door and said tell me how you really feel about me I said do what Mary 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 I'll be right back Mary (laughs) honey I don't know what she meant but let's go find out because I'm a pastor to you and I'm a pastor to your children I'm not some psycho I'm not some pervert I'm a man of God with a family that I respect and I'm accountable to her you'll never ever ever see me counsel a woman by myself she's around leaders around Vicky's around Connie any I, I pull you before I go do it by myself why because that's what the devil that's all it takes you see some woman grab your husband at church or somebody lats on to your husband at work. Man, don't play that. Homie, don't play that. Touch people and say, homie, don't play that. You got to fight for them. Huh, this is good. Listen to me. Accountability. What do you think would have happened? Ask me. Can I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. What do you think would have happened if I didn't tell Mary Tony? What do you think would have happened if I didn't scream, Then she would have second guessed. Other people would have second guessed. You need to bring it to the light. Some of you, God has really got a hold about that in the last two or three years. Another thing, I think parents work as a team. Who hears me tonight? To have a functional family, a a family that's functioning the way that God wants you to function. Parents need to work as co-parenting as a team. I strongly believe that a functional family is one where the adults are the center of the family. The adults are in charge and the kids are not in charge. In a functional family parenting, the parents take a firm stand and they run the house. Not the kids run the house. That touches some people. That's a whole nother sermon. But I can tell you right now if you don't get a hold of it when they're young, you'll pay for it when they're old. Who hears me tonight? You know, there's so many more. I'll just read them off to you and we'll be done. We need to encourage our brothers, our siblings to work together. How many people know it's important to not teach your kids to be competitive, but to teach them to work together? A mistake I made, I pay for it for sometimes. But my kids have never duked it out physically, fist fight. Now they push, they scream, they've cried, they don't like one another, may not speak. But I'm proud to say they never, in anger, really duked it out. But in the generation I come from, you see brothers rolling in the yard, fighting biting each other's ears off. I didn't want that for my kids. I want my boys to be best friends. I want my boys to have each other's back when daddy leaves this earth. When God calls me home, I want my kids to know that they can be. So teach them to work together. Encourage your siblings to work together. You need to provide clear boundaries. We aren't each other's friend. A parent is a parent, no matter how Friendly they may be. Our children are not uh, extensions. They are, our children are not extensions of ourselves. They're individuals. We need to put in boundaries on them. You can go so far, but you can't go over those boundaries. Who hears me tonight? We need to eat meals together. How many people know the importance of sitting down at the table and eating meals together? Family time, quality time. Put the dang phone down. There's a war going on in my house right now. And I'm winning. (laughs) Because I learned I can shut that booger down. And you know what I've learned, too? It don't seem to bother them so much after the first day. Because they know I ain't turning it on. I shut their phone off the other day for 15 days. They could call and they could text. But they couldn't Google. They couldn't search the web. They couldn't look at their friends on Facebook. They found out that me and mom are pretty cool. We played Monopoly. we I taught them how to shoot dice. <laughs> we had fun. It was a good time. We visited. We loved. And we put those phones off. I told them, I turned them back on, but yesterday was another warning. Oh, you're getting up there. Daddy, I don't want to lose my phone. and put it down. Turn it off. Why don't you read your Bible, son? Why don't you try to help somebody, son? Why don't you pray, son? How many people would be more positive, more better off if the first thing they looked at in the morning was their Bible instead of their Facebook? Why don't you try that first? Set the example for other people. Don't you want to grab the phone? Don't you want to see how many likes you got? I promise you, the only one that matters who likes you is Jesus anyway. So if you just pick up your Bible and open it up and read it for the first 15 minutes, he's going to like you a lot more. Now, well, you, I, that's another sermon. But, you know, he likes you, and loves you, and all that stuff. And I'm done. Listen, I'm done. Listen, I'll put these out there for you guys to look at. But I want to say this. The last thing. Danny, I got a lot of last things. Don't I, boy? Sorry. Five last thing. I'm getting good. I'm getting better. For a functional family, I think the main thing is to follow the golden rule. Do unto others as ye want done unto you. Who ever heard of that golden rule before? I want your families to be a unit. I want when we go to battle against Satan, we go together as families. Where one or more gathered, there he be, I said. The golden, re- the golden rule for a reason is to teach each other as we wish to be treated in turn. It was true way back then and it's still true today. Do unto others as ye want done unto you. If you want your kids to yell at you, yell at them. If you want people to mistreat you, mistreat them. If you want people to cheat you, you cheat them. If you want people to be kind to you, give you great deals, do the way that you're supposed to to them. The golden rule, do unto others as ye want done unto you. I thought it's been a great night. I hope you've had as much fun tonight as I have. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we thank you so much. Functioning, functional families, they laugh a lot. We laugh a lot in this church. I'm so glad we do. We get to pick on each other. Good families pick on one another. They share their favorite stories. They build memories together. They help those who are hurting. And they pray for those who are in need. Father, I thank you for a church that is functioning like a family. And the family of Caney Creek Cowboy Church does it better than anyone I've ever seen. And I'm proud be the pastor of these folks I'm proud to shepherd them I'm I'm honored but they're your sheep Lord and this word tonight needs to sink into their heart and you can make a choice to live right and do right but it's a choice or you can leave here tonight and we'll never see no real evidence Or you can start taking baby steps right now maybe leaps and bounds not even just baby steps some people use that as a crutch Lord I'm a baby Christian I'm a baby Christian get off the bottle and jump on the meat that's my prayer that our families are functioning the way that Christ wants them to function in Jesus name I pray amen somebody give God a praise amen